And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I haven't smoked him on. No, I haven't smoked him at all. Ever since the game. So, not, not even, not even. Open that I'm here. Happy to be here, Yeah, I'm alright. You know, I'm in between those lines, man. I just work. You know, I'm not playing for myself. You know, I have an organization across my chest, and the name of my back I have to represent. I'm just here to work, man. If you could talk to Monty, what would you want to talk to him about? What would you want to tell him? Huh? If you could talk to Monty, what would you want to talk to him about? What would you want to tell him? I can show him better than I can tell him. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding! How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Jared Weiss. He is Dave Dufour, analyst and producer for this one. He does it all. He's a two-way guy, just like DeAndre Eaton the center for the Phoenix Suns, and we are going to start the show talking about him because we want to talk about two media days, or I guess you could even say day two practices, that uh, are not like the other media days in which they are usually banal and talk about guys putting on muscle or being in the best shape of their life. Well, we had one team in Phoenix who had a guy publicly basically demand a trade, and another guy who clearly seemed like he wants to get traded away, but he can't yet, and then we'll go to the Boston after that where I was there. And uh, I think everybody knows how crazy that was. But let's start with Phoenix. And let's start with DeAndre Aiden, who uh, I don't think he wants to be in Phoenix based on the way he's talking. Uh, what makes you say that, Jared? I well, mean, listen, he was a restricted free agent. He signed an offer sheet. And, and by the way, it took a while. A real while. There was drama at the end of the season. There was drama in the playoffs. We saw him get benched. The Suns wait, I mean, waited for him to go out and sign an offer sheet before, you know, they matched it, obviously, and brought him back. Not only does it bring him back, they can't, like you said, they can't trade him until January 15th, so he can't even really pout his way out of town until then, and he can't be traded to the team he signed the offer sheet with until next summer. So if he actually wanted to sign with Indiana, and that's where he wants to be, which, by the way, super interesting fit with him and Halliburton. He can't even do that until next summer. So he does seem disgruntled, but at the same time, I did think that his point about, you know, hey, I'm here, I'm going to show up to work, and, you know, he was there and he answered questions. He just definitely didn't seem um, like he was carrying a lot of joy into this season. Dave, Dave, he was asked, are you happy to be here in Phoenix? And he said, yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. Hey, listen, I'm man. I, hey, I'm have, you no. Phoenix? have you ever been to Phoenix? Have you ever been to Phoenix? I mean, Look, when you're in Phoenix, right now it's hot as hell in Phoenix. So if you're asking me if I was happy to be in Phoenix, eh, I'm all right. And credit, credit to DeAndre Aiden, who cares so much about basketball that he would be willing to leave living in Phoenix and Scottsdale for Indiana. That, that, cha- that is real dedication to ball there. I, I <laughs> definitely appreciate that. 
But I mean, it was oh, you you heard the tape. Like it's it's ugly. Uh, for him to say what he would want to say to Monty is, I can show him better than I can tell him. That's literally saying you don't want to talk to your coach and that you don't have a relationship with your coach. Well, there's two sides to this coin because I I also know that that's sort of like a Monty Williams thing. Don't tell me, show me. I mean, show it, me. most coaches they'll preach that. Hey, you can tell me what you can do, tell me what you can do, but. I need you to show me. And so, you know, maybe that's a little bit of a DeAndre trying to trying to show that he's actually motivated and he does want to prove maybe not even Monty Williams wrong because I, I don't think Monty has coached him in a way that makes him th- seem like he um, doesn't think he has the talent, right? It, it seems more like it's uh, like Monty Williams has been trying to coax it out of him mentally. So maybe this is going to light a fire under DeAndre Ayton and they yeah. find a little bit of common ground here on the, you know, in, in the, the basketball sense. And he just comes out, has a monster year and, and keeps on trucking. Well, here's the thing. Monty Williams is one of the most revered human beings in modern basketball. Like the guy is just absolutely adored by the people around him. Not, not adored. Like they love him. Like revered is the word because they admire him and they look at him as this incredible mentor and shining light and just kind of beacon of hope that is able to to find like help people connect with who they are and who they want to be i mean this the way that people talk about monty williams is they talk about him like he is a father figure in a way that is very rarely talked about and i hate using the term father figures a lot of people find respectful but like monty williams people talk about him like he's a father figure and it's, it's, it's something to be proud of really and well, and that's great, but that approach doesn't necessarily work for every person, doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. work for every player. And, and maybe DeAndre Ayton is a guy that doesn't connect with that. But it, it does seem like this was a performance based sort of disagreement. I, I don't think there's anything personal. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, DeAndre Ayton's a professional basketball player. I think he's going to show up. I actually think he's going to have a great year. I think he's going to be really good. And Phoenix is going to need him to be good because, as you mentioned, Jay Crowder has asked for a trade. They decided he shouldn't show up to training camp. The The vibes are kind of bad around that team. And I think if DeAndre Ayton comes out of the gate hot, it could be a nice little rallying point for them to, to sort of get behind. Hey, look at how last season ended for DeAndre Ayton. Look at how he started out this year. If we all can catch up to him, you know, and so it's the onus is a little bit on him to, to come out hot and, and prove everybody wrong. We've all been saying all summer, we just want to see him play with force, play with more force on both ends. Yeah. So if he comes out and does that, that's showing us, not telling us. It, I think the big thing here is that this relationship clearly looks bad right now, but it can get better. And I think the main reason why is that like everybody there, they don't think that Aiton sucks. They think he's extremely talented and he's just not, he's not doing the work and he's not putting in the effort behind the scenes, at least for stuff that we've seen leaked and I think will probably be addressed if it hasn't already been like the issue is an effort thing from him. They want to see more. And if he gives them more, the money's gotten exactly what he wants. And if they're winning, they're going to be happy. And it's like the guy's already gotten his contract. So it's about winning and quality of career at that point. And so I, I think everything can come together. And I like that before the show starts, you're asking me, I refuse to believe that Monty Williams hasn't reached out to DeAndre Eaton. I can certainly believe DeAndre Eaton not picking up those calls or answering those texts. That I can I, definitely believe. There you go. There you go. I, I would agree with that. But Phoenix, I, look, I'm lower on Phoenix uh, for basketball reasons. I mean, again, Chris Paul aging, Jay Crowder not going to be there. Um, I'm lower on them for that reason, but also the West got tougher. And I think that, I mean, we're looking at a Suns team. one 
full season removed from a finals run and basically hasn't lost like any of its core pieces. And I'm looking, I'm going through the Western Conference and they look like a play-in team to me. I feel like they might be a play-in team. They won 64 games last year. But I, I'm worried enough about the vibes on this team that I could see them falling out of that 5-6 seed. So you could see them falling like 20 wins from below the record? I, honestly, I, it feels like a 45-48 to 48 win team for some reason. Again, it's the, vi- the vibes are influencing my opinion on this. I'm pretty open about this with, on Nerder anyway because I think vibes are important. But I, I, I just – I don't know. This seems like a team – and by the way, making the playoffs and calling it, saying a team is collapsing. You know, it's funny, but there's not, yeah, there's classic. only six, That's a there's only six real playoff spots. And, and I think that there's seven or eight teams that, that are in the mix. And, and really the top four are, are a head and shoulders above, you know, the next four. And, and so I just think Phoenix being in that five, you know, battling for five and six, they could see themselves fall into that seven or eight spot, even though they have talent. And even though it's the same talent, you know, the differentiator might be the vibes for them. I can see that. I mean, if your vibes aren't immaculate, it's really hard to make it work. That's what they had going for them, right? But, I mean, I would be shocked if they fell that far. It really depends on what you think of Dallas with their uh, mutually agreed-upon six-man Christian Wood. We'll have to get to that one uh, later in the show. And, I mean, we all assume Denver is going to take a leap. But I guess if Minnesota like really takes a leap here and New Orleans takes a leap here with Zion, uh, yeah, I guess maybe they could fall that far. That seems insane, but it is it, certainly possible when you when you math it all out. I went through the same process that you're going through out loud right now, Jared, and I promise you, this isn't some um, something I haven't sat and thought about for a while because you know we're in the pre, we're in preseason mode, and part of that is I need to think about you know what the, what the hierarchy is going to look like from day one. I just don't believe in this team. I just don't believe them. No, you're right. Looking at it now, you could see how if everybody else take, makes a big leap, they could go to seven or eight seed. It, it's possible. Uh, or the Lakers could put them down to nine, but I don't think the Lakers will even get to nine. Uh, we'll see. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's been hell for us, you know, um, just caught off surprise. Nobody really knows anything, so we're just in the wind just like everybody else. So these last couple of days, as far as this has been confusing. And your uh, reactions to um, Joe being named interim head coach and how you think um, your relationship with him during his time here? I have a really good relationship with Joe. Um, I think pretty much everybody on the team does. Um, you know, Joe's been here um, through the hard times, through the good times. Um, he knows and understands 
um, us as players. Um, he's built relationships with us, so uh, we love Joe. You know, we're excited to to be able to work with him, and um, you know, um, in this opportunity that he has. So um, we're all new. He's new to this. Um, we're new to him being in that position. So we're all going to learn together and uh, go together. Let's talk about the only team that seems to be going through a little bit more than what the Suns are going through, and that is the Boston Celtics, the team I cover for the Athletic. Uh, I've, why don't you ask me questions? Because like I've already, I've already talked about this so much. I don't even know what's unique to talk about now. So you, well, you ask. Me. All right, it's not necessarily unique, but but the truth is, man. Like again, I mean, <laughs> couple months removed from a finals run, and now they're going to have a change at coach. I mean. How much of a, a drop-off is there going to be in, in chemistry and continuity with the loss of Ime? I know that like his voice in the locker room was extremely important last season. You know, He pulled those guys together, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he pulled those guys together when, when their big turnaround happened. And, it, and a lot of that was going at them, challenging them. And, and does, does their new coach, Joe Mazzulla, does he have the – the gravitas to be able to do that. Like, is, is he going to be able to pull these guys together when they have their heads up their butts? Yeah, that's, that's the hard part is I feel like Joe ticks off all the boxes from a, a basketball perspective, a general personality perspective and demeanor perspective. I think he has that. The big thing with Ime was that Ime was able to really figure out how to be commanding. That worked really well. At the same time, Ime had to do all the hard work to completely reshape this team and they already have a program in place. Missoula has been talking a lot about continuing to build upon what they already did and, and look at the team's identity as it's the player's identity rather than the, the coach's identity, even though we could certainly say that it was really Udoka imprinting his identity onto the team. But Missoula has everything set up for him that he basically just has to walk into it and not mess it up and do what he does well. And it should work out on paper. The problem is the way he's walking into the situation is such a mess. They like the the guys had Udoka just taken away from them in the blink of an eye. They know that it's for some legitimate reason, but they they aren't getting an official answer from the team on what exactly that is. So like there there is this major angst, and I think they all certainly want to do it the right way. And at least with Joe, they already have a coach who has already proven himself to them to be a really good coach in his previous capacity, and he did a lot for the team it wasn't like he just was like a player development guy with guards or something like that like he was doing everything so he he should be a, he should be good for it utah almost hired him but they took will hardy he's got the resume he's got he's got all the talent it's just it's the context i think is the hardest part for him do you expect them to to bring in a, a veteran coach of some sort as sort of you know not exactly the mike d'antoni steve nash situation but just someone who's been there before and can help lead the way. I mean, Ime Odoka was just, he was an assistant for so long and decorated assistant. I mean, he coached with Greg Popovich. Do you feel like they they might bring in a, a veteran coach? Maybe Frank Vogel, I know his name has been kind of thrown out there a little bit. As a defensive-minded coach, certainly could could add to what, what they already have there. Um, but do you expect that? I, I, I kind of do at some point. I mean, what's tricky about this is, they like Vogel's the name that I've heard a few places. I've heard p- people say things from it's done to maybe it'll happen. So I think it's really a maybe it will happen. I'm sure they've registered interest. It makes sense to bring in someone who at least has just gotten to the finals or won a championship in that case, has gotten there a few different times and just has dealt with it's really it's it's about 
how have you dealt with the superstar dynamic? Like this team has some big superstars. The, it was very clear that there was a that the that the leadership dynamic and how everybody revolved around those guys that was a huge part of it. And the coaching staff needed to do a lot of ma- management to get that stuff to work. And they also had to call upon guy like the the non top guys to help make that all mesh together. And so that's where you want that veteran experience. I don't think it's so much about like figuring out what's the right decision to make in this game, what game plan to choose. Obviously, scheme design isn't that big of a task for them at this point. They have a lot of work to do on offense, but not so much on defense. So I think you're just looking for a coach to help you manage those major situations. And I mean, they already have Brad Stevens. So, you know, I'm sure Brad Stevens played a role in helping Udoka. He didn't really, he's never been too transparent on what that is, but there's a difference between the GM providing advice when he's in the office versus a coach that's down there on the ground level that's seeing things every day. But if they're going to bring in someone like that, the hard part is how do you bring that person in without undercutting the authority of your interim coach? Uh, You mentioned that it was your decision to come back last year in the playoffs, and obviously you were playing. It was still battling some stuff, and you had to rest and uh, keep it together. Um, Are you still... Like, are you still solid in that decision, your decision to have come back? Are you worried at all that it might have set you back? Uh, nah, I'm solid for sure. I play in the finals, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you win some, you lose some, but I don't regret my decision at all. I'm, I'm, I was 24 years old. My dream was to play in the finals, dog. Can't regret that shit. <laughs> the other sort of thing that's, that's looming over this team is the Robert Williams injury. And he was the reason that they were so successful last year. I mean, this is a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate. He was, he was a monster for them defensively. And, and actually, his passing was important for them on the offensive end and, and everything else that he does, rebounding. How are they going to work around that? And, and do you, are you worried that he is just going to kind of have a lost season? Because he's going to miss a lot of time. He obviously has, has the knee surgery going to miss a lot of time will he have time to ramp up for, for a potential playoff run yeah i mean he's going to have that time at very at the very least he's out for two to three months let's lean towards the three month side but he'll you know, he'll be back at least halfway through the season that gives him time and hey at least that gives him a chance to ramp up and then not be playing for so long that he breaks down and gets hurt again i think that's that's the hope so there's that i mean the, the question is why is he out for longer you know, it, initially it was reported as he just needed a cleanup. And when it's a cleanup after the surgery, you're thinking this is just a, just a scar tissue cleanup. That was what I was made to believe. And then it turned out there were loose bodies. And it's like, why were there loose bodies if he had a, a meniscus repair? And so that makes you wonder, like, was there bone chipping and stuff like that? And, you know, so and obviously if, if there's loose bone fragment, that's going to cut up and it's basically shrapnel in there. It's going to cause more scar tissue. So I guess the question is, with all this, with this all being cleaned out, is he going to actually have a full recovery and actually be good to go? Um, I think for them, bottom line is they need Rob Williams to be healthy from game 41 on and stay completely 100% healthy until game 110 or whatever the hell it is at that point and when they're trying to win the finals. That's what they're looking for. They haven't had Rob Williams play in the playoffs in like forever. He keeps getting hurt for the playoffs. It never happens. He played last year, but not a ton, and he wasn't really fully healthy until like the finals was the only time he actually looked really good. So if this team has him fully healthy, then they are on paper the best team in the NBA probably at that point, or at least like right ne- right there next to it. Uh, I think the biggest question, though, is, is his game going to improve? 
because like he he was already really good last year, but he needed to improve in a few ways, especially offensively, if they were gonna win the title. Uh, and so, like I don't, it's hard to imagine his game continuing to evolve if he's not really even if he's not out there healthy consistently. Yeah, that's that's a fair point, and. and- Wanted to point out, he was asked about playing on the injured knee in the finals. Um, what did you think about his response? I mean, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll go first. You know, I'm a basketball coach. I love the game of basketball. You could see that it was it was pretty obvious that it meant a lot to him to play in the finals last year, even though he was injured. And, and I thought his answer was honestly refreshing. He made a business decision, but it was a personal decision, if that makes sense. Like. He personally wanted to play in the finals, injured or not, and I have to respect that. And, I mean, the big thing for him, I mean, I guess he couldn't have known this when he made the decision, is it, it's not like what happened to him is what happened to Clay. Like, he, he's just out for a couple months with a neat cleanup. He's not having a re-repair of the meniscus or of a ligament. It's it, And also, he was putting, I mean, the, the thing that was injured was a meniscus. It wasn't a ligament. So if you have to do that again, you have to do that again. But obviously, I'm sure he was exposing himself to ligament injury. And also, he was told, or at least mentioned at some point, that like he was told he couldn't make the injury worse. I guess that was technically true in this case. He didn't re-tear the meniscus, but clearly the fallout was bad if the if the surgery is going to keep him out twice as long now as he was when he originally had the surgery. So there was all that. But at the end of the day, he said it's the finals, homie. Like it's it's one thing to come back for a playoff run. This was the he was like trying to play in the finals on a team that was like clearly the best team in the conference when they were fully healthy. And Chris Middleton was hurt. So that like it, it, he made the right call. They got really far and he almost won the title. And if he could have messed up his career a little bit, but he got that ring, that would have been worth it. And credit to him that the dude was only 24. Like he made the point that he's only 24. Like it's not like he was like 33 and he's like, I gotta play in the finals. This is it for me. Like he's like, this is my chance to get a chip. It makes it all worth it. He's got his contract, it's not a huge one, but it is a lot of money still. And so I, I think he's thinking, like, I've at least already secured my contract. This is my best chance to win a title. I gotta go for it. So, Rob Williams is out, and we're out. We'll be back in two to three days, probably sooner than that. Rob Williams will be back in two to three months. He's Dave Dufour, Jared Weiss. This is The Daily Ding on The Athletic NBA Show. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.